At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Mike, I've had a lot of time out here in Los Angeles, beautiful Los Angeles. It's only Wednesday. To think. I had a lot of thinking time. I don't know if you've had a lot of time to think, too. I haven't. You haven't? No. Well, I just know. I'm like, I usually hurt myself I'm, when I do that. But I'm so. thinking, like, what am I usually doing right now? It's something with, like, the dogs. We got three dogs. Three dogs. All pugs, Mike. right? All pugs. Yeah. Three dogs. We got three kids. There's always, you know, I'm usually driving somewhere or waiting to, you know, trying to figure out of some pickup time, encouraging some kid on homework or studying or whatever it is. So that hasn't happened this week as much. Happens on FaceTime, but not in person. So I've had a lot of time to think, and I'm like, what? Why do the Cincinnati Bengals remind me of somebody? You ever meet somebody? It's like, you remind me of somebody. Hmm, have we met, met before? Yeah. I'm not, I, Who's your mama? Yeah. Like, where you grew up? Okay. You sure oh. we ever met? Yeah, you sure? Ah, you we, might that, be, we might be cousins. You got that look about you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I remember being with you in New Orleans in February of 2002. And, and this is it, but it wasn't even February yet. It was January, before the game, January of 2002, late January. We're walking around. We're at a hotel in New Orleans. And we're at the Rams, the okay, St. Louis Rams. Yeah. Media availability. They were in the Super Bowl for the second time in three second years. Second time in three years. They're yep. talking about a dynasty, and, yep. and this is going to be something. They got Marshall Falk. They got Kurt Warner. They got Tory Big Game Holt. They yep. got Isaac Bruce. I mean, they got it. They're loaded. Yep. Number three defense, number one offense, Lovey Smith, D coordinator. Mm. Mike Marks got everything. Mm. And I said, Mike, I think the Patriots. We looked at each other. I said. So we looked at each other. We could Just by the way they were talking, it was like. And and I don't think the Rams see what the the, the the analogy doesn't work all the way through because the LA Rams are aren't saying anything sure. disrespectful. They're not they don't feel like they're entitled to win. But the construction of the Bengals reminds me of the construction of the Patriots in that there are a lot of mid level free agent signings on that two thousand one team that people looked at and said, Okay, I mean nice player. But what are they going to do? That was a year. I think they signed 18 free agents. Among them, Antoine Smith was their running back. Um, Mike Vrabel, uh, they picked him up at linebacker. Larry Izzo on special teams. They were going all the way through. And they had a rookie, a great rookie, uh, Richard Seymour. Not the fifth overall pick, but the sixth overall pick. Yeah. Hall of Fame finalist. So, so they had a lot of things. And in retrospect, we look back and say, well, of course, they had Tom Brady and Teddy Bruschi, Willie McGinnis, all these guys. Of course they had talent, but it wasn't viewed that way now. And I just wonder if we're going too far with the Rams. Oh, look at we these who? guys. We who? Not you. Okay. I wonder if some, because you've been on both teams. You got it. Um. The Rams are viewed as the more talented team, and the Bengals. Wow, what a great story! That's the that's the yeah. It, it does and have that feel too. I don't. 
I don't know this if it's that. This is I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's that. I think, yeah. you know, and I've been guilty. Look, I've been guilty. I have dismissed. Are you organ- really? You have really come all but the I've, way to the other side of I've the Bengals, huh? I've dismissed the organization. Right. Not the players. And some, not, the, not the players. And the city to a degree. Yeah. And not the players. But not the players. Not since the preseason. Not the players. Yeah, not since the preseason. And, I, and I'm thinking, um, look, watch out. And, and, and also, watch out if you're the AFC. Watch out. Don't let Cincinnati win it. I, it's not like the NBA where, where champions become hoarders, you know, like individual, like the best player. It's like, oh, I ain't leaving with one. I'm, I'm coming out of here with four of them. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. Uh, the NFL is a little different uh, with the exception of Tom Brady. You just don't win and say, oh, we're going we to run it back, yeah, and I'm no, going to get like no four guarantees. and six years. Ask but, Kansas City. No guarantee. But think about this. They beat Kansas City twice this year, and, yeah, in, in both games, Kansas City said woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah. Beat Kansas City twice. In their division, they've got Ben Roethlisberger retired. Yeah. Cleveland, so Pittsburgh has a quarterback Cleveland situation. Clevelanding this Cleveland thing, has a through. quarterback situation, yeah. kind of, sort of. Right. And then you got Baltimore, where Lamar Jackson doesn't have a contract. Yeah, probably not going anywhere, so, but Baltimore's but, got some holes to plug. Yeah. So yeah. they beat Tennessee. Yeah. They beat Kansas City. I told you get used to them. So I told you that yesterday. Hey, get used to them. If they are able to pull this off, it's, but even not, if they're it's not, not, not only a big upset. Uh, in, in, in terms of Vegas, I don't even know sure. what the line is. Four What's and a half, line? I think it is. Only four and a half, not, yeah. not that big. Yeah. It's an upset, but not huge. Yeah. But, you know, watch out for a 25-year-old quarterback and a 38-year-old coach. Well, even if they don't win it, they've already won, and I'll explain it to a second. But i got to go back to where you started with the we've seen this movie before. Yeah. Um, I, your general point of this all-star team versus this, you know, um, team of, of of underdogs grinders yeah good fo- that, that's good not what this players. is but i don't see i don't see any, any similarities other than coming out of nowhere i don't see any similarities between the 01 patriots and the 2021 uh bengals uh because and i think it was you who wrote about bill belichick and an organization going bargain shopping at, was it Filene's Basement? Filene's Basement. That's yeah. not what the Bengals did. Uh, Hilton, Ouzie, Hendrickson, um, you know, Reader, who I think they signed last year. Yeah, Reader. Um, got real, real money for Reader. Uh, um, Ogan Joby. I mean, like, those Hendrickson guys. Hendrickson was, a, I think, the you know, that's real. I mean, that's like the biggest contract they've ever given out. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they, they went, they signed big money guys. And while Brady, again, in hindsight, but some drafted. of them weren't, though. But some of some of the guys they signed were not big money guys. I would say they were premier but, free agents. Yeah. I mean, like those were those were really good players. Whereas Mike Vrabel hadn't. Mike Vrabel was a backup in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that they knew could be a full time guy. Look at that top ten, by the way, according to Pro Football Focus. Look at the top ten. Yeah, it's littered with with, with as it should be littered with Rams. I mean, eight out of ten. I, that's that, that's that's saying something, though, isn't it? Well, I mean, I mean even the fact that Joe Andrew Bur- Whitworth could check it in at number seven. It's surprising for me to see Joe Burrow number two. Given that who's who's beneath him with Cooper Cup and Jalen Ramsey, you know, but you know what? That, that's a good point. I didn't even. I just like oh yeah, Joe Burrow's there, but yeah. wow, that's that's Joe a lot Burrow of love too for Joe is, Burrow. Is yeah. But my point about the Patriots is that was you know, again Tom Brady was drafted late in hindsight, um, but Tom Brady wasn't uh, this slam dunk superstar the way that Joe Burrow was coming out of LSU as a Heisman Trophy right. record setting national champion, right. who. Not only has turned around one organization, but apparently has left another in shambles because they didn't, you know, tank to get him in Miami. Okay, so or or couldn't trade up to get him as the case were. So I would not compare Burrow in year two to Brady in year two. Uh, Brady in year two was 
out of nowhere, even though he was really good at Michigan. Um, the Patriots had nobody like Jamar Chase. They had nobody like T. Higgins, for that matter. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know if they had nobody like T. Higgins. I, I, I'll give I'll give Troy Brown the, the, his necessary respect. Troy, uh, for real? Troy Brown, okay, I don't want to make this about the 2001 Patriots. No, 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 I'm just but saying. Troy Brown was a really good player and an amazing leader and a versatile player and but, a clutch player. But who do you think T. Higgins, do you think T. Higgins, who is T. Higgins I, may, I mean, I guess maybe 6'4 versus 5'10. Uh, no, I'm saying, but, you know, I mean, I just, are you talking about size or I'm production? Thinking about, I'm thinking about talent. I'm talking about talent. Wow. Troy Brown was a really good player. Ooh. Troy Brown's a really good okay. player, but I mean, like right. T. Higgins was like, you know, the first pick in the second round for crying out loud. Yeah, you know. Um, okay, Tyler Boyd. I give you Tyler Boyd and Troy Brown. How's okay. that? Does that make you feel better? Wow. Like I'm insulting your kids. I, I mean, that, I, mean I know you wrote a lot of books on I, these no, dudes. I'm, but damn. No, I'm just surprised. No, it's real not personal. I'm just, it no, feels like it. No, it's just, like, just, oh my God, Troy Brown. I'm, I'm, I'm just surprised. Like, yeah, you know, guys who you know made a lot of plays in playoff games and Super Bowls. You're 100 percent correct. Right. You're right. So we'll see. You're right. That's a great point. Forget about the talent. Forget right. about the measurables. Troy Brown got championships. Yeah, right. Put some respect on his name. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. Got it. Got it. Okay. Anyway, so, but you don't, but the Bengals I think are I, a different kind of. Yeah, Antoine Smith, Joe Mixon, come on, man. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, you know. No, that's, I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean, it's just, again, no much respect to the team that built the dynasty, that started it all, that started the trend of being introduced as a team. But there's a lot more talent on this Bengals team, and I know that word is tricky. But there's so a lot on the, both sides of the ball. Well, I don't um, know about that. Now, see, I think I was, well, I was told I, you know. I, I, you know, I take that. I, yeah, I take will that take back. that back. I will take that yeah, back. Yeah. Ty Law, Lloyd Malloy, yeah, Hall of you know, Fame, you know, Teddy Bruschi, Richard Seymour, Willie yeah, McGinnis. Willie McGinnis. Yeah, yeah. You got a lot of guys. Okay, so we got all that out the way. Yeah. As far as the uh, the Bengals winning, even if they don't win, they have an incredible opportunity. To, it's, it's funny. You have the Rams on one side trying to take this town back. Like, they yeah. move back here, but even they've talked about this opportunity that they have playing a, a Super Bowl in their stadium. If they were to win a Super Bowl to grow their fan base locally and nationally in the second largest media market in the country. The Bengals have an opportunity to not only – I mean, they're skipping some serious steps – not only have they put in the rearview mirror a three-decade drought of winning a playoff game Which is or having never won a road playoff game, they have an opportunity to become relevant nationally in a way that I don't know that they've been since Icky Woods doing the Icky Shuffle. Right. They have an opportunity to be a destination franchise. We talked about the free agents that signed in large part because of Joe Burrow. I forget who it was. It might have been Mike Hilton. I remember listening to one of the telecasts. I was like, why'd you sign with the Bengals? Because they got a guy. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and look who just, just said yesterday what quarterback he want to play with. It's Rob Gronkowski. Now Rob Gronkowski is not the Rob Gronkowski that he was with the Patriots, but he still he still can be effective. He's got that thing. I mean, so he's got it. So if you add a Rob, and it, yeah. they, don't, if you, they don't have to go swinging for the fences, but when you got a Joe Burrow, and you could add a Rob Gronkowski to maybe complement a CJ Uzama. Yeah. Okay, you add offensive linemen that are going to want to block for Joe Burrow. You add defensive players who will say, you know what, man, I never thought about Cincinnati as a place I would want to live necessarily. But I can go there and I could jump on this Burrow bandwagon because that dude's going places, specifically going to Super Bowls. Now, Dan Marino will say, hey, bro, hey man, pump the brakes. I went right. year two I and went, I never got yeah, back. Yeah, it was hard to get back. It is no guarantees, but yeah. the Bengals have that look about them where this is just the beginning. And that's not to say that they should be happy to be here because to your point about this game, no way we should look at this as 
you know, one team is, is, is destined to win and the other team is just a cute story. Now, the Bengals are fully capable of winning this game, and they know they're fully capable of winning this game. We're not just with nine, but this, this playoff run shows they're more than just their fantasy football all-stars. They're more than just that quarterback, wide receivers, and that running back. Their defense has gotten them to this point. Because you don't come back from 21-3 at halftime with just Joe Burrow come, come going back. crazy. They've come back a that, couple of times. The defense won that game. That's right. They've the come back a couple of times. held Tennessee in check on the road. Against what I thought was the best team yeah. in the AFC, Kansas City. And, you know, uh, as Or in far Tennessee as, before that. And Tennessee. I, you know, if you really talk about the, the Super Bowl and, and this, like, this matchup, it's changed. I mean, I don't look at any team one game away as saying, Oh, they got no shot at it. Now, this is not the 1980s. This is not your father's and your great uncle's Super Bowl where the AFC would come in there and it was like, you know, some scene from the Roman Coliseum. Oh, they're just going to devour. The NFC is going to devour this poor sacrificial team. These, These matchups are a lot more even now in the 21st century than they've ever been. Like how many how many San Francisco over San Diego's do we have? How many San Francisco over Denver, Dallas over Buffalo the second time? Like how many matchups do you have like that in the Super Bowl? Most of the time, these games are extremely competitive. I mean, last year's game was a, a blowout in quotes, but what was it twenty three to nine or something like that? Uh, Kansas City and in, uh, uh, in, in Tampa Bay. No, I think so, it was, okay, but I got you. But, I but, know but you're just not—you're not going to have a lot of blowouts. Yeah. I just don't think the league is designed that way uh, in 2021. Put me on the spot with these. In 2022. Memory, you know my memory is terrible. But I, you, you I have. It was 30. I'd say you'd have um, in the last—I'd say in the last 15 or 20 Super Bowls. No, it's You changed. might have like two or three super, two or three blowouts. It's changed. No, Maybe it's, it's definitely changed. And if you talk about the Patriots, they never there was a time when the Super Bowl was very anticlimactic. Yeah, I mean, there was a whole is, streak. That's not the case now. There was a streak. Uh, that the NFC has, I think they had a 14 or 15 game winning streak. It was 31 to 9. Come oh, on, man. 31 to 9. Okay, 30. Give me these facts. All right, 31 to 9 last year. You got no research around There's right your now. blowout. Yeah. But most of the time, it's most not. Most of the time, no, especially and, in the era of the Patriots. Constant. And, and I like what you said about uh, LA, you know, winning the city back. It's it's almost like it's like one of those missions, it's, it's a challenge. Okay, here you are. You've got, beyond winning it for Aaron Donald and beyond justifying the team-building approach that you had of just saying, hey, first-round picks, we're willing to let those go. We'll bring in star players. Beyond that, you win this game at home, now you've won it. Not just won it, Lombardi, you've won a fan base. Yeah. Like, you've got to, this is a fight for a fan base in a way. Because this will, you think about what this will do for, you know, 25, 30, 35-year-old people are probably have made their decision. But you're talking about a 12- or 13-year-old kid watching this game. Yeah. Those memories are indelible. Just never forget them. You think about your Super Bowl memories. They're a part of your life. Yeah. And you got your favorite how'd you, team. How'd you become a fan of this oh, team? I remember. Yeah, I watched watching Odell, Odell Beckham, Beckham Jr., yeah. Aaron Donald, Jamar, and yeah, it Jalen was Ramsey. Here. Yeah, it was yeah. here. I remember we had to go around, to go the long way yeah. because there was a lot of traffic yeah. around SoFi. Yeah, and we won that game. Yeah, and that's how you become a Rams fan. So this is really a lot of pressure. Um, I don't know if the players feel that pressure. I'm just looking at it from a media standpoint. The stakes, the stakes are high. Well, or you know to quote De La Soul, stakes is high. Let's stay with that theme, though. 
Because we were talking with our, uh, our our newfound friend of the show, Annie Agar from Bally Sports, the other yeah. day. We didn't really unpack this too much, but you know, she was like, "Matthew Stafford's legacy is on the line." I'm like, "Is it though? Ish? <laughs> you know, like, is it? I mean, how does a guy who well, he can't win a playoff game. He's never won a playoff game. You sure he's worth all these picks? So now that he's won three playoff games, all of a sudden, if he doesn't win the Super Bowl, then it's back to Told right. you he wasn't nothing. Right. He ain't. You know. Yeah. You can't do you can't, that. Right? You know. Like, which one is it? You know yeah. what I mean? Is, is he is he along for the ride or is he really? I mean, now all of a sudden we have expectations for Matthew Stafford. But I guess I, I guess my question would be because there's a lot of the thing I love about the Super Bowl. And we talked about this on Monday. Is the stories, man. Yeah. That like these these is there's the draft and there's the Super Bowl in terms of like this is a culmination of a lifetime of work. A lifetime of good fortune, a lifetime of people putting their hands on you and taking an interest in you and helping you get to this point. That's why I know you just get chills thinking about Jarvis Landry's message to Odell Beckham yeah, the other day. That. I mean, it's just, it. it's just this is this is such a a moment for all of these individuals, but as well as these these teams that have come together to reach this this uh, you know this pinnacle. Stafford, I think, is a great story and a guy worth rooting for. Aaron Donald's best player in the league and has just done everything the right way. You're just saying that so easily. He's the best player in the league. Stop arguing. So easy. Like, why you got to be a contrarian? Like, hey, you know it's true. It's not a contrarian. You know it's, it's not true. a contrarian. If wow. you took out the fact, if you, or if you set aside the fact that he doesn't touch the ball in every play, he's the best player in the league. Mm. If you want to default to the guy that you know plays the most, the, the most important position, then okay, yeah. That's but non non quarterback, okay, okay. non quarterback, who's the best player? Okay, sure. Okay, okay. we can at least. Okay, okay there we go. We'll, we'll leave it there. We got it. We got it there. We got All right. Um, <laughs> Odell Beckham. Yeah. Odell Beckham, man. This this that's another guy. You know, I ain't gave you enough shit, but for that, yeah. I haven't given you enough. Come for on that. Now. Bring it on. I have I have given you a Bring lot on, on, air, on, on Matthew Stafford. Yeah. I've given you a lot of smoke on the Bengals. You told me that Odell Beckham was finished when I invoked the name of Randy Moss. And well, I, I said, "That's still going too far." No, it's not. Randy Moss. It's the exact. Randy the Moss? parallels are so obvious. What? what? I didn't say he was Randy Moss, and I didn't say he would catch twenty-three touchdowns okay. All right. with okay. the Rams. Other than that, but yeah. Randy Moss. Other than that, yeah, looking like he works. was done. Right. So much so that the Patriots got him for a fourth-round fourth pick. Round. But if he was done, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have given up a fourth-round pick. They'd, if he was done, they would have a gotten him for free. A fourth-round pick is nothing. Fourth-round pick is pretty good. That's how the Rams have, the Rams have lived on the fourth-round pick. Look, I, look. So I, I, Odell I, Beckham, I'll take the smoke. You, he thought I just, he was just done. Not, just you, told not from he wasn't, a, you told me he wasn't a winning player. Just, just you not told from a Randy Moss he, Okay, street. fine. You told me he wasn't a winning I, player. What I said, now get the quote you, right. He wasn't a winning player. I didn't say that. I said this about him. Find the tape. I, okay. Find the tape. I said this. I said, all he got to be is your number two. I don't know if he could be that. Yeah, yeah I did. I did. I said that. No, but what I said was, he's not going to be a difference maker. That's what you should really be beating me up on. He's not going to be a difference maker no matter where he goes. Oops. Oops. So. Like to have that one back. I please. say all that to say this. Yeah, play the music. Who's the better story? Play the music. Who's the better story? I don't know. The, is it the, is the Rams and all of those, you know, like Stafford and Odell, who I love to see him have his moment in the sun, given all the things that have been said about him over his career, all, all the things he's been through. You know, Jalen Ramsey, you know, 
or is it the Bengals? Like, what's the best I mean, story? Like, can't I can't go, lose. Yeah, you can't go wrong. I can't lose. You can't go wrong. I think they're both. They're, they're both my teams. They're both equal stories. If you are, if you have to, if you're assigned one of these stories and they roll with this, you're happy. Just between us, who you rooting for? As a fan, not who you're picking. But who, who's like that's when I, when I say who's the better story. I'm talking okay. the writer. Okay, okay. Because people say who you root for, Michael. I root for the story. You root for the story. I know you root for the story too. So I think, you, you I think OBJ. That that story, man. That just really that's just it warms, for you? That just warms my heart, man. Yeah. It's the whole thing. Yeah. I know I was wrong about him. I know I was wrong. I said he wasn't a winning player. Did I really say that? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. I said he was finished. Yeah, you said he was done. 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 That he had nothing left. Nothing. Nathaniel. <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> he had nothing left. <laughs> Ridiculous. What an absurd take. <laughs> With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. All right, welcome back. Uh, we are still here at Radio Row, as it's called, yes. um, at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Um, it's and a little we, busier today. It is. It's a busier it, today it, than it was up. the first couple of days. Yeah. We're, we're busier today. Yes, I we mean, are. we're already having our first esteemed guests. Uh, we're about to liven up the show right now with one of the, one of the premier prospects in the 2022 uh, NFL draft, and that is Kayvon Thibodeau from the University of Oregon. Edge. I'm, I'm old enough to remember where it was. Outside linebacker, defensive end. They call him Edge guys Edge. now. Uh, and he is joining us from downtown L.A. on behalf of Arrowhead Water and uh, Ready Refresh. Kayvon, how you doing, man? Good to talk to you. Man, I'm doing good. I'm blessed. Thank you guys for having me on. Oh, it's Absolutely. our pleasure. Yeah, it thanks is, for coming on. It is our pleasure. Um, talk to us about what this process is like for you. You put some amazing film, uh, some amazing tape out there at the University of Oregon. Your work speaks for itself. But what gets fascinating is, like, once you stop playing, the evaluation takes on a life of its own even though you didn't play anymore. <laughs> so what, what is it that you feel like you still need to do or prove going into the draft or improve upon even? I, I think I just got to be the, my best self. You know, at this point, I realize I'm not in competition with anybody else. It's about me versus me. So as long as I can literally do everything in my power to be the best player possible, then everything will be all right. Um, you know, there are there is a lot of speculation out there, but I feel like the work that I'm putting in and the, the things that I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm very truthful and I'm honest with myself. So I'm not working on the things that I'm good at. I'm, I'm working on the things that I'm, you know, I'm bad at or I'm deficient in. Which are? Yeah, I was going to say, let's yeah, hear it. I, yeah, I have what, no idea what those yeah, are. Yeah, what are those things? <laughs> Well, see, this is the thing. It's all about cultivating what you have. You know, if you feel like, oh, I, I'm good at that, so I don't need to work on it. Or, oh, you know what, I'm, that's not what I do, so it doesn't matter. For me, everything matters, right? So from knowing the game to watching film to getting bigger, stronger, faster, more technique, um, I'm watching my old film to see, okay, well, what, what are these teams looking for? I'm, I'm talking to GMs, and every time they're questioning me, I'm also questioning them. And not, not to say, like, oh, I want to know, but I really want to know what is it that you guys are looking for? And then what is it that within these next, or now we probably, we probably only got a month left or half a month, but you know, within that eight weeks of training, what is it that I need to work on? 
Well, we two minutes in, Michael. I don't think you have a problem with the interview. Oh, uh, no. I, 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 <laughs> I, think the, I think the interview is going to be fine. I don't have a problem at all, and the teams won't either. I, and I, I like that you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. When you tell them, what, if they ask you, hey, what, what can you bring to a franchise what, 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 how do you respond to that uh, question? What can you bring to a franchise? Well, I bring more than a, I bring more than a player. You know, when you, when you look at me and you take me, for example, you're not just getting a guy who's going to who give his all, who's going to work, who's going to be disciplined, who's going to uh, uh, do everything in his power to be great at his position, but you're also getting a guy who's going to bring the team with him. I'm, you know, I'm going to challenge guys. I'm going to challenge the thought. I'm going to challenge the culture, right? So I realize that whatever team I go to, obviously they won't be on the winning side, you know, of the of the of the league. So I'll have to be a guy who comes in and sets the tone from the jump. And I have no problem in doing that because that's how God has kind of uh, cultivated me to be. Um, and for me, it's just it, it all goes into you know my end goal, right? My end goal is to be one of the greatest football players that ever played a game. It's to inspire, it's to educate. Hmm. So, so if I can just, you know, leave my legacy uh, and leave whatever program that I'm at better than where I found it, you know, I'll, I'll be satisfied. Look here, Kevin. I'm, I'm just gonna be honest uh, this, with you. This, this may be the time. I mean, yeah, this is the time. Listen, man, we yeah. feel like we've known you forever now. Um, I, I gotta, I'm gonna share something with you. Uh, <laughs> when you wanna talk about your legacy or your end goals, uh, my son Mason, my 13-year-old son Mason and I, we, we enjoy franchise mode uh, in mm-hmm. Madden. And let's just say I may have uh, turned around a certain team and drafted you with the number one overall pick, and you went on to have the career sack record and the single-season sack record as well. So I can personally attest, <laughs> Kayvon, that great things are ahead of you <laughs> in professional ranks, that you will go down as one of the greatest pass rushers in NFL history if Madden franchise mode is any indicator. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the thing, you know, it's, it's about determination. And of course, there's a lot of I've had people question my fire, my desire. But, you know, the thing about it is how can you play the game, be 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 educated, know the game, the ins and outs and be able to teach the game without loving the game? You know, so mm-hmm. for me, you know, I, I'm going to put everything that I've, I, I've grown, everything that I've learned, and it's going to really come full circle. And I'm going to be able to display that at the combine and, you know, through the through the pre-draft process. How, how much? A, how much do you pay attention? You responded to it. How much do you pay attention to what's said by analysts and evaluators and talking heads? And B, what goes into this the decision to respond to it? Because I'm sure there might be people saying, hey, just ignore it, tune out the noise. But you've, you've chosen to address it head on. Why? Because Well, see, for me, I don't really watch TV. I don't like fake stuff. I don't watch horror movies. I don't watch anything that's made up. Right. Why? Because life is not made up and and people try to try to escape life, but not me. Right. So, for for instance, the the, the media, that's my entertainment. Right. And sometimes I question credibility. Hmm. And I only say that because I think a, a good escape goat. Right. Is to talk about something that we don't have the answer to. Right. So, for example, if you talk about fire. Right. Fire, like I've, been, I've, I've had a couple of interviews and I've said fire has to do with your heart, right? And I can't tell someone, right, what's in their heart. Only they can only they can live it. So it's easy to say we don't know where his fire is. Why? Because you're right. You don't know because I know. You know what I mean? So as long as I believe in myself and I keep my head down, God has brought me this far and he's not going to turn his back on me now. I love so as long as I just keep him, keep him ahead of me, 
I'm gonna be all right, dude. Bro, I'm he, drafting you now. Okay. Hey, he said he said he doesn't. This reminds me of Trey Lance last year. Man, he, he said he does. He said he doesn't watch stuff that's fake. You, you got to watch Training Day. That sounds like Lonzo. Yeah, I, I, I read you. this because it entertains me. Yeah, that's right. Media is I love that. Yeah, it's it's, it's I love so it. good. And, and so, where do you think? Uh, and now I'm asking you to speak for somebody who is uh, who is critical of you without without a lot of information. But what do you think they saw? Where does that come from, in your opinion? Where they say, hey, he lacks fire or he doesn't always give it his See, all. Where do you is, think that's coming this, from? This is the thing. This is the thing about film, right? And this is what people don't understand. When you when you come back from an injury and you play football, the only person who has to battle that injury is you, right? So when you look at the crowd, people are telling me I'm stiff. Well, if you sprain your ankle, obviously, and you try to come back early, obviously you won't be able to bend that ankle just as much, right? But I could have been a guy, you know, who sits out or who who says the NFL is, is next, so let me just let me let me milk it. But for me, it's that it's that passion for my team and the guys that I've been doing it with. Why would I want to give up this opportunity that I'll never get back? You know what I mean? So, of course, I've I played games where I'm, every game, no game, a person is 100 percent. Right. But especially when you come off an injury, you know, there there, there are you have decisions to be made. And me, I made the decision to come back when I did, or even earlier, if you watched, there was a couple games where I just wanted to get in the game just to see what I could do, whether it was one play, four plays, five plays, because I'm that hungry. I feel like I can contribute to my team in, with one play, you know, so whatever it is I can do to contribute, I was going to do it, you know, so, but but that's something that that's something that I know, and I don't need to explain to anybody because my teammates know, and, and any team that drafts me, they're going to know how serious I take this. And then you got to remember, I just had so I just met Chris Carter and he broke something down to me. He said, um, he said there's about thirty, there's about sixty-four people, sixty-four starting DNs, right? So if I get drafted, hopefully I'll be a starter. Hopefully I get drafted top five, and that means I'm one of of sixty-four people in the world. Mm. Sixty-four people in the world, mm. right? So for me, it's bigger than me. Right. I'm representing everybody who, who who's looking at it. So this is this is way bigger than me. Right. Yeah. So and I understand that. And I have a love for that. I have a passion for that. And I realize that God put me in this position because I have the opportunity to change the dynamic of my family forever for years on end. After my name, after my name is done and I and, I, and I've done everything I did and I, I hang up my cleats, my legacy will live on. Right. So when you talk about fire, why would I play the game? Why would I put my brain, my body, my family through this for any other reason other than I love the game? Where's your maturity and, and passion and perspective come from? What's the source of that? Real life. I, I grew up with a single mother. I grew up in a home where we lived under the poverty line. I grew up seeing, I went from Dorsey High School to Oaks Christian. I seen what it was like to go to school with no resources, with no help, where teachers were just going there just to get paid, where they didn't care whether you went to class or didn't go to class. Then I went to a school where it was the tuition's forty thousand a year, where 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 every kid goes to college, where there's no you know there's no thought of not going to college, right? And and for me, it's like wow, those that's resources, right? That's 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 help. That's everything that the city is lacking. But we look over it. So it's, it's, it's up to guys like me and guys like, you know, us across anybody that's from L.A. to really come back and, and pay it forward. Right. For me, I, I live I live through I live through the future. When I say I live through the future, that means through the kids. So for me, 
I started the Dream Foundation. The Dream Foundation it stands, Dream is an acronym, right? It's J-R-E-A-M, right? It's journey to readiness and enrichment through academic mentorship. And the whole point is that I want to have people who look like me uh, have resources, opportunities, and not and and have the support system around them to do whatever it is they want to do. I feel like God put me in this position to show others that this is my gift. Now you have to hone into your gift and we're going to help you cultivate it and help you become who it is you want to be. Man, I love your perspective. You're here today on behalf of Arrowhead Water Ready Refresh. Uh, uh, tell me about that. Uh, and, and it's a brand that, that started in L.A. Uh, tell me how you got connected with them. So, you know, Arrowhead Water has been around for over 125 years. Obviously, we all we all know we all know its name. Um, you know, it's 100 percent spring water. Right. And one thing that I stand for is principles. And one of the principles that I realize as a human is we are of the earth. And with 100% spring water, there's no added minerals, there's no additives, there's, no, there's nothing that you need to boost, right? Because back in the day, people survived off of pure natural spring water. So now, me, I feel like it was the, it was the best thing to, to, to bring the Arrowhead and Ready Refresh conjunction, because Ready Refresh is going to deliver the healthy hydration wherever I am. So it's like, why would I leave my house when the water can come directly to me and I can always be hydrated? You know... Whatever team gets him, hey, have, the media in this whatever city he goes to, he's going to be an instant favorite with the press corps wherever you go. You mentioned uh, hopefully going in the top five. Um, I, I live for mock drafts. I mean, I, I nerd out on mock drafts. I'm fascinated by it. But I can imagine how, you know, frustrating it could be if you let it to see, okay, exactly. You're not, no, you're not, you're not worried about what people are projecting or are you competing you know, for people in, in what, terms of where you go. What I, what I learned was the, the, the greatest thing as not in just football, but as a man and in life is consistency. If you have consistency and discipline in your life, you will go further. Right. So if you you guys, you guys know the stat lines, you guys know who I am. You guys know where I come from. Check the consistency. Right. So I'm not versus anyone. Right. It's about the consistency of the work that I put out and the consistency of the man that I'm going to be. So as long as, like I said, I stay on my path and I yeah. continue to grow and go forward, the, the, everything else will speak for itself. Well, and, but, and I totally respect that. I, I think I was I was looking at it more from the standpoint of and you've mentioned God's plan for your life and, and how far he's brought you not to leave you. Uh, you speak definitely speak in our language. So on one hand. From a competitor, you know, you, you I imagine you want to be the first name called or the first DN or whatever it is called. It's a, for me, for me, you either make history or be history. Right. right? And I don't mean to keep cutting you off. No, that's okay. You're right. Being the number one pick will be history, and that will go down as, as you know, one of my greatest accomplishments. Um, but I also know that I can't control it. Right. So if I worry about the, the things that I can't control, I'll miss it. Right. If I yeah. keep reaching for the stars, I'll, I'll miss those steps right in front of me. Yeah. Right. And that's the problem. We always we always look for that great goal. But it's like if I don't put the work in today, tomorrow and the next yeah. day, it won't even matter. The mock drafts won't matter because I won't get drafted. Yeah. No, I'm just wondering, like, if you look at it like you just want to land in the best situation because, you know, as a person exactly. of faith, you may go five or seven or eight, and it may seem like, oh, man, he slipped in the draft. But, but you ended exactly up right where you where were supposed, supposed to be. be. Right. You know? That's right. And, 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 that, and that's the power, that's the power of, of, of just belief and having confidence. And as long as I, I, I talk to some of the great now, I, I, it's so surreal now that I, I've got to talk to people like Ray Lewis, Chris Carter, Bobby Wagner. And Ray Lewis was one. And this one was so crazy because it was like – 
I've never, like I told you, I grew up in, I grew up in poverty. I grew up, you know, with a dream. I've never even, I've never been to a professional game. I, you know, these things have never been, you know, accessible to me. Right. So now for guys to know my name and to see me and, and then to have a real message for me and believe in what I say. And, and they, they all told me the same thing. They said, you can't control where you go. All you can control is the work you put in when you get there. So for me, whatever team believes in me, I'm going to believe in them wholeheartedly. And I'm going to help and do everything in my power to help change, change, change the dynamic of whatever the team is and, 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 and take us to the promised land. Bro, I could talk to this Man, dude all day. I don't let him go. Yeah. No, I'm just gonna, we, we might, we got, we got, we got, we gonna have to control ourselves As fact, and let you go because otherwise we be with you all. The all day after, bro. The day. That's why I said you got to stop me. Hey, I'm telling you, the day after draft day, just put us on your schedule. Yeah. Wherever, wherever you go, yeah. we will find you. Yeah. Whatever team you go to. Yeah. And we go. We go talk about like you know th- that journey, that step yeah. of being drafted uh, number one overall, and then what what's happening with you? Okay, that's hey. a date. That's a date. The we day after the draft. We appreciate you, man. We're gonna like it in. Thank you guys for having me. Thank man. you so much for blessing the show, man. Like appreciate you, man. Can't wait to see what you do on and Great. off the field, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. And don't and don't forget, it might end up being Michael, Michael, and Michael. Okay. <laughs> All right. Kayvon, ready for it. Coming to a team near you. Bruh. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Hellman's wants to tackle food waste. So naturally, they hired this legend. Don't toss that. You can make grilled cheese with that bread. Not on my watch. You can make potato salad. Grandma! Don't throw away that spinach! Make a frittata. Whoa, whoa! Mom's already tackling food waste, ma'am. Big guy. Sorry, man. Had to. I get it. I'm very hittable. Make taste, not waste, baby! That seems like a long time coming. I'm telling you. I'm saying, okay, I remember when Gerard Mayo... My friend and, and 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 former colleague, he left. He left to just start coaching. I don't know why he left the media to start coaching. <laughs> but I remember when Gerard Mayo was drafted, like day one, you said, hey, my last name's Mayo. You guys have any ideas? I thought <laughs> at that point, I thought you would have been doing a commercial way back in, in 2008. What, what took you so long, Mayo? Man, I've been calling Hellman's. I've been calling them for like 10 years. Bro. They, they were trying to do it until now. Everything happens in the right timing, so I'm good. Hey man, it's good to see you. Really good to see you. Uh, your coach, you your coach Gerard Mayo. I know your name came up uh, in some uh, head coaching interviews. I don't know if you went on any interviews, but just just tell us about that that process of going from player 
to businessman, media man, and then back on the uh, on the coaching circuit? Yeah, you know, as a player, I, I've always been interested in other things, and um, you know, business was one of those things. So when I retired, I ended up joining uh, United Health Group. I uh, did that for three years. Ended up being vice president of business development. But I, I always had this itch of getting back and uh, developing players or developing people, I should say. Not only players, because I'm, I'm an investor, just like you said, as well. I like to develop uh, entrepreneurs as well and help people really see who they can't see for themselves. And, you know, it's been a great transition for me. Uh, the, the interview process was great uh, for me. But I think it's important that we that we recognize the frustrations that you know, B. Flow is talking about that. Leslie Frazier is talking about that. Eric Bieniemy is is talking about. Like those are true frustrations. Things that we've known have gone on for a long time. And in saying that, I would say, from from my perspective, because I am a younger coach, I'm going into year four. I looked at these as opportunities to really get in front of another group and really sharpen my sword. And not only was I being interviewed, but I was also interviewing these teams. Mm. So that that was the type of confidence that I had going into those interviews. Now, look, I hope I hope you guys asked those teams. I knocked those interviews out of the park. Now, it is what it is. Whoever they decide to go with, obviously, I wasn't the guy, so I lost that one. But I did walk away from those interviews with, uh, you know, with some learnings, some learnings. that, it, it, And I would be crazy if I didn't use that the next cycle around. And so that's the way I kind of approached yeah. it. The, the thing about the lawsuit, not only was it um... – a history lesson, a, a thesis, a very, very comprehensive right. look at the, the history of institutional racism uh, in the NFL. But there were also some specific action steps that seemed re- relative or rather reasonable. I should say not relatively rather reasonable when it comes to adding transparency um, and accountability to this process. Do you have any ideas? I know, you know, this is your first time Broncos and Raiders uh, on the interview circuit on, as, as a head coach. Um, then Eagles. Then oh, Eagles, 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 yes, Eagles last yes. year. Uh, thank yeah. you. That's right. Thank you for that. Um, but even as a younger coach, I should say, do you have any suggestions on how uh, the, not only the process but the perspective can be improved so that these very real frustrations that we're talking about can, you know, sooner rather than later uh, start to be addressed? You know, one thing I would say, the, tra- the transparency piece is very interesting. And, and some of these teams, they do record the interviews. So it would be interesting to even see, like, like have like a neutral party just sit there and watch all the interviews and come to their own conclusion. But but the realistic re- realistically though what we're talking about here it's not just the NFL it's also corporate America as well mm-hmm. where people hire people that look like them. You know and and that's why you know people that are my complexion have a hard time sometimes even breaking through that glass ceiling or even feeling accepted or like you belong. And that's why for a long time I dealt with imposter syndrome. And, but that was also that was also a motivator for me. You know, and I grew up that way. My mom, my grandparents, they always told me, you're going to have to go above and beyond. So whatever we're talking about right now, our parents, our grandparents have gone through it way worse than what we've gone through. Now, and I'm not saying we don't have a long way to go, but I was raised that I'm always going to have to uh, go above and beyond in this regards. Now, as far as the next steps, I kind of break it down. Like if you look at the top of the funnel, it starts with ownership, right? It starts with ownership. There are no black owners in the NFL. 
or in sports, I should say, they're, they're minimal. I don't know if there's Jordan, any black yeah. owner yeah, besides Jordan, yeah. but they're not, they're not a lot, right? And so that's where it starts. At the bottom of the funnel, which I would say we do a good job here in New England where we bring in these minorities and they really end up sticking on. But even in saying that, they they come in, they, they get a chance to kind of bounce around, learn as much as they can, and also build these relationships. This is a relationship business. Yeah. Now, none of our friends are growing up saying, I want to be a GM. Why? Because they're focused on playing, right? But some of these kids who are GMs, they knew early on they didn't have a chance. They didn't have a chance to be an NFL player, but they wanted to make it there. And so now I've gone to high school or I was college roommates with a GM of the Eagles. Now I'm up for a coaching job, right? And so we don't have that same, we don't have that in our community. And so how we get to that point, and I would say one thing that is encouraging, I am a half, you guys know me, I'm a half glass full kind of guy, is the GMs, the, the GMs this year, right? When you look at Quasi, when you look at what happened in Chicago, Morocco Brown interviewing with the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, and hopefully that, you know, that progress that they're making at the GM level starts to trickle down into the coaching level, uh, you know, get more people of color, more diversity and uh, in those ranks. And I, I, one more thing I'll yeah, add sure. to this. I, 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 yeah, it, when I talk about diversity, I'm not only talking about black and white. I'm talking about diversity of thought. I'm talking about gender diversity. I'm talking about age diversity, right? There are a bunch of different ways, but what happens is people hire people who look like them and who think like them. Yeah. And so they end up being in this echo chamber and they end up, hey, the confirmation bias, they end up asking you a question knowing you're going to agree with me. Yeah. And see, I don't want to be around people like that. I want to be around people who are going to tell me, I don't see it that way. And to really, to really have me question my own beliefs, no matter what we're talking about. We could be talking about religion. Look, I'm a Christian. I don't just hang out with Christians. I'll tell you what it is right now. Yeah. I hang out with a bunch of different people, right? I'm a football coach. I hang out with a, a bunch of different people. And so, like, that diversity is important, not just in sports, but also just in our world, my opinion. Now, incredible answer. Just wanted to quickly follow up on just on a personal level, the imposter syndrome. When, where, and why did you struggle with imposter syndrome, and how did you work your way through it? Yeah, so I really, I really, uh, you know, the imposter syndrome really started as a high school football player, right? So I'm in high school. So it started off, I was on JV. I went up to practice with the high school guys and got sent back down real quick to JV. Next year I go up, I end up being a good player. I end up being a four-star player, uh, four-star linebacker, going to the University of Tennessee. Once I get to the University of Tennessee, I'm like, wow. These guys are bigger, faster, and stronger. And I use that imposter syndrome to put that extra work in, right? Extra work in the gym, extra work in the film room. So then I end up getting drafted to a team that won 18 games the year before, right? And I'm like, I was a first-round pick, and I'm still feeling like I just don't belong here. Hmm. I'm not good enough, right? I'm not good enough. And that's probably something that's been passed down to me from our ancestors as well, like, just that, but I use it as fuel to go forward, right? And so then when I went into business, I ended up working for a healthcare company. What did I do? I felt like I wasn't good enough. I was a room, I was the youngest by 20, by 20 years, right? And I was the only black guy in there. And so, and also, so what I did was I joined the board of Boston Medical Center. I really studied up on healthcare, all the blogs, all the books, but it really fueled me to get to where I needed to be. And, you know, I still deal with it now. And even when I do become a head coach, because that day will come, there, there will be, there will be a hardworking dry male because I don't know how I got here. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, hey, Gerard, hey, you know, I think you will be a head coach, and I've told people that that I know. I said, I, I haven't seen the interview. I know he crushed the interview because yeah. he uh, used to crush sure. it on set when we used to work together. Hey, even though I carried him a, a, a few times. I carried him a few times. <laughs> no, you know? Yeah, you did. You no, did. I did not. No, you did not. I did not. Well, I, did I can not. tell you, you no, did not. Sure, no, but, no, but, no but, I, but, but what I. Hey, but what I will say is, uh, no, I've always looked up to you guys, you know, because you're very articulate and you're able to talk to different groups of people. And where our people get caught up is like, all right, this message is only for black people. Or yeah. they tell their friends, go watch this black movie. But I got to tell my white friends to go watch this black movie, too. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. we got to we got to have the conversation around the black table. Right. It is what it is. All right, we're talking about, you know, George Floyd and things like that. But until we have that conversation happen around the white table, right, right the white dinner table, then we'll start to have real change. Well, uh, that's if I, and, and this is my mentor. You know, I mean, everybody knows that. Can I can I follow up on that? Are you are you are you want to go another direction? Because there's a quick thing that he just said. I want to follow. No, up no, on. go ahead. And fo- no, please follow up. Because it's, it's related to the heck. It's a great point, Gerard. Yeah. But whether it's about, um, you know, society at large. Uh, social justice, black people having the conversation won't invoke the kind of change we want. White people have to pick up this load, too. We, we, we're we tasked with, with fixing a problem that we didn't that we create didn't oftentimes. Create. Yep. So right. I wanted That's just right. to follow up on the, on the head coaching issue in the NFL. How much are white coaches and general managers, at least to your knowledge, not only talking about this issue, but saying, hey, we need to be more intentional about this work? Or is this just B-Flow and Eric Bieniemy and Ty Bowles and Byron Leftwich and Gerard Mayo and Brother from Another? Are we the only ones talking about this? Or are white people realizing that this is a problem that we all have to collectively work to fix? No, Within I, the I NFL say, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I can only really speak uh, from my own experiences. One thing I will say about Bill, right? One thing I will say about Bill is that he asks questions and he understands, he knows what he doesn't know. And so he'll come to me or he'll come to other black coaches on the staff just to see how to approach certain situations, which I think that is the first step. Right. And like I said earlier, we have the program where we bring in these minority coaches and things like that. But also you also got to look at it this way. All right. He's he's tutoring us, tutoring us, tutoring us. But when is when do we get to the point where it's like, all right, now push me out the nest. Like push me out the nest and let me go fly on my own. And that to me is the frustrating thing sometimes when you think about this. Man, I, I think first of all, they should name you the defensive coordinator. I know you didn't get an answer. You should be the defensive <laughs> coordinator. They should name that. But uh, my, my final question is did they when you went on your interviews, did you feel like it was serious? Were you taken seriously? I know you crushed it, but yeah. did you feel like they saw everything that you could be as the face of the organization? Um, that, that's a tough question. That's a tough question. I thought they gave me a fair shot, but in saying that, I knew they had a number one guy. I knew they had a guy that they wanted to get in there, if that makes any sense. I felt like they gave me a fair shake, as fair as they could be, but they had already come to a conclusion of who they wanted in the building. And how, and, and how was that when you were in the interview knowing that how did how did you respond to it? I mean, is that I'm, I'm coming? I'm coming 100 percent every time. I don't yeah. care because, like I said, it's different for me. For me, these are learning experiences for me. Yeah. For a guy like Leslie Frazier, who's done it 20 times, right? This will make you upset. Yeah. For me, I'm not even supposed to be here. Mm. I'm going to my fourth year coaching. 
Mm. Right. And so I thank God every day for that, you know, for that. But at the same time, I can see the frustration with these other guys. Let me ask you one last thing. Um, it's, it's, a, it's personal. I, 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 I recognize that. And you may or may not be able to get into detail. But I'll ask it this way. If he, if he has not already, if he hasn't already, do you expect there to be or do you need to have a conversation with Bill about his role in Brian's lawsuit as it relates to the texts with Brian Dayball, Brian Flores? Do you expect to have some kind of conversation? Do you need to have some kind of conversation just about how that all went down, just for your peace of mind as somebody still working with Bill Belichick? Yeah, you know, I would say some things don't even need to be said. Like, okay. this has been going on for a long time, right? Like, it's, it's no secret that certain people have more influence in the league than others. Like, that is – it is what it is. So, I'm not sure if we'll talk about it, but, I mean, we've all known it. We've all not, – not saying with Bill. I'm saying we've all known that, yeah. you know, there are some conversations and people have more influence than others. And it doesn't matter if we're talking football or whatever. Like, people have influence at different levels. Did you were you uh, uh, were you surprised last thing for I promise last yeah, thing. no we can talk were you, about this last thing. Thing. <laughs> uh, were you surprised when uh, Brian Flores's con- uh, a lawsuit was announced did it, did it shock you that he went that far not that the content doesn't surprise any of us the step taking that step to go at the league did that surprise you um, you know, B flow has always been one of those go getter type of guys, man. Seriously. Like he's always one of those guys who's going to stand on what he believes in. It doesn't matter who's saying it right above, below your know, peers. It doesn't matter if he believes something strong enough, he's going to go for it. And look, you know, I stand beside B flow as far as the frustration. What I can, what, what I'm trying to let people know is that my experience has been different because I'm younger in the profession. And for me, I'm still in that learning phase. A guy like B. Flo, who has a track record, who's done a lot in this league, a guy like Leslie Frazier, who's done a lot in this league, Todd Bowles, done a lot in this league, I I definitely empathize and sympathize with those guys uh, going forward. So uh, hopefully that answered your question. It, it, did. it did. Hey, man. Appreciate you, brother. Bro, thank you so much, man. We appreciate you. Always uh, great. I appreciate you Let's guys. do it again soon. And proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. You're doing great you. stuff. Appreciate it, man. Talk to you guys later. All right, let's connect soon. Yo, Patriots have changed a lot since I was around them. Yeah. Coaches doing commercials? Hey. And I, interviews? Hey, that's good. It's, it's a, a different, it's a different it's a day, huh? day. Man. It's a new day. I was asking that Belichick question. I'm like, man, he can't answer that. <laughs> like, I'll answer. <laughs> yeah, Ryan's over there. Yeah. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, back now, live from the L.A. Convention Center, Radio Row, as we call it. Bro, we rolling. Yes, we, we rolling. Are. I mean, listen, we had all these topics planned to talk about. and we want, Hey, listen. We these just, interviews. We can run it back. I, <laughs> listen, a, it, these, these interviews have been uh, incredible. Uh, 
we talked to a future Walter Payton Man of the Year, as one Twitter user called it, Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, followed up by Gerard Mayo from the Patriots. And now, pleasure to be joined by Ryan Shazier, former Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker. He's got an incredible story uh, that you've recently uh, documented in your book, uh, Walking Miracle, How Faith, Positive Thinking, and Passion mm. for Football Brought Me Back from Paralysis and Helped Me Find Purpose. I mean, the title alone. That's great. Uh, it's a sermon it, it, right there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it yeah. is incredibly deep. And, man, I got to tell you, and I'm sure you hear this all the time, but even just seeing you just walk toward us and just and just walk up here, it feels like yesterday that everything changed for you. What has that journey been like to get where you are now? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was, it's definitely been a long journey, a tough journey. But I just – I'm thankful. You know, I'm thankful. Uh, I had the opportunity. They told me – only had a 20% chance of walking. And like you said, I walked in here uh, just to be able to, to be the man of the house like I'm, I'm still able to be, to be able to do a lot of things that I wish I was still able to do. Um, it's, it's just a blessing. So it, it def, it's definitely been hard. You know, I, I love the game of football, and I'm still a part of it in, in some ways. Um, but it, it's definitely hard sometimes, like, watching it and, yeah. and things like that because I'm like I, my first time not playing the game of football was the like the year I got like I couldn't play. Yeah. You know, every other year is like, I I played football since I was five years old. And for me to miss a whole year it was it was pretty tough. So um I really it, it's been a journey but I, I'm not gonna lie. Um I've I've learned a lot of uh life experiences and I I think it actually made me a better person from what I went through. Hmm. How's that? And it's just I've I've learned a lot more uh about just life and then just how to just overcome certain situations. You know, my whole life I overcame situations with, and it led me back to football. So it kind of taught me how to, like, live a life without the game of football. Yeah. And just, you know, just more about business, more about life, more about, you know, just finances. And it just it, it just taught me how to live uh, a little bit more responsible hmm. than I think I was before. Almost like a whole person. But I, what I wanted to ask you was um – and, you know, we talk about counting your blessings. Yes. And when you see somebody go through something, like your yeah. story is inspiring and the perseverance and the faith that you showed and, and the belief and, you know, to fight back from, like I said, 20% chance of walking. And you say, you know, we don't take anything for granted. Yeah. Like when I walk around, I'm not thanking God that I can take steps. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just right. natural, you know. Right. But I, right. I guess can you take us back to that moment where you couldn't not just play and be a world-class athlete and run as fast as anybody um, and, and play the game that you love, but where you literally could not take steps. What was – could you put into words what that – well, you did. You put, probably put in your book. Yeah, what was that like? Yeah. Yeah, and so when you – like, people always say, don't take nothing for granted. Don't take nothing for granted. And you're just like, man, I'm tired of hearing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But it's, it's really true. Like, like I used to you, – you, you used to, like, taking – like, going through the bathroom, like, you used to, I used to take that for granted. Like, taking steps, I used to take that for granted. And it's like, man, like, it's really a blessing to be able to do this stuff because it's a lot of people that's not able to do it. Um, I tell people, like, what it feels like to not be able to walk is imagine somebody has, like, a, a weight that's, like, pulling down your, your arm. And you're literally doing everything possible to pull your arm up, but you just can't. And it just feels like something just holding you back. Like, you know, when, you, when, when something's resisting you. And that's just kind of how it felt not being able to walk. And you just have to be very persistent and very resilient and just understanding like hey if i want to get here i have to just mentally think about it every single day i have to mentally push through it every single day and it, it it can get overwhelming because 
you know, sometimes I remember somebody told me the definition of insanity is doing the same thing but expecting different results. Right. And that's kind of that's kind of like what you're going through when you're when you're overcoming, you know, a, a, a injury like I had. You know, t- tell us about the book process. It's one thing to experience it in real time, but when you're putting together a book, kind of have to go back over it yeah. again. What was that like for you? I, I thought it was a little bit therapeutic for me. You know, because it it also just allowed me to think about, hey, Ryan, you're writing this book, but you also see all the things that you went through in your life and how those things allow you to make it to where you're at now or, or make it to where you've been and use that same type of motivation to make it to where you want to go. So I thought it was kind of therapeutic in that in that form. But it, it was, it's a long process, and COVID didn't help because um, – I had a, a author. His name is Larry Platt. He helped me out a lot when it came to writing. Well, he he I did the speaking and he did the the, the, the typing. Yeah, you know. So um, it it was pretty crazy because we had to actually go back and forth and just talk about stories. And I would tell him a story, and then he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna need more information on that." And just to actually dive in and just tell him the, the every little detail because you know. If I wrote the book myself, it would probably be 10 pages, hmm. <laughs> you know, but him actually helping me break it down and understand, all right, this leads to that and that leads to this and how to actually break down the story. It, uh, it, it was a long process, but I think it was well worth it. How were the Steelers uh, during that time? I, I, I was just remember that seeing you around, uh, you know, how, how what was your relationship? How did your relationship with the Steelers change or how did you view them after you went through what you went through? Uh, To me, I thought it was really, um, it's kind of hard for me to put it in words how how the team treated me because I feel like a lot of teams in my situation, they would have been like, oh, you know, Ryan's hurt. We got to move on and continue to do what we do. It's a business. And I knew that at the end of the day, the NFL is a business. But the Steelers, the one thing that I really enjoy is that they, they treat it like a family, like the way they handle business. Obviously, business is first. But if, if you give your all to that organization and you show that, hey, man, I'm here with you guys and they see that, they, I feel like in tough situations like that, they're going to be there for you too. Um, I would have rehab. Mr. Rooney was coming to my rehab sometime. Kevin Colbert would come to my rehab. Coach wow. Tomlin would come to my rehab. Wow. You know, not every day, but they would come sometimes. And then I remember even before they drafted Devin, Kevin was like, hey, Ryan, you know, um, we're about to draft a linebacker. I just want to let you know. So, like, just let you know So before we even we do it. Yeah. So, if you, let you know, like, basically, are you cool with that? Like, they're going to do it anyway, yeah. but just to give me a heads up. And I thought that was really, like, important because they knew that I was trying my best to, to get back to the game. But it was just – I didn't think I would be back the same player that I once was, you know. So I thought it was – to me, they, they didn't have to say that. You know, they didn't have to do that. And But it really showed that they had a lot of respect in how much I put – how much effort I put into them. And I think it, it was kind of uh, the same way back. You're hosting the uh, one of the hosts of the N- the Ringer NFL show, mm-hmm. so you're one of us now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's put on your analyst hat as your former team is about to go through a transition, uh, and they don't do a lot of transitions in yeah. Pittsburgh, but they got one at quarterback with Ben Roethlisberger retiring. The aforementioned Kevin Colbert yeah. is uh, is stepping down, and they're interviewing candidates right now. Uh, how do the Steelers, especially seeing the Bengals here, 
And the Ravens, obviously, they have Lamar Jackson. And Cleveland's got a lot of talent, even though maybe not completely sold on Baker Mayfield. But they're a factor in that division. How do the Steelers reclaim that spot of superiority in the AFC North with major decisions to be made at GM and quarterback? So, to me, I think they just do it. They understand how to win. And I was talking about this earlier. The standard is the standard there. So they that sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> somebody said that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. The, the, the standard is the standard. So they understand. Hey, this is we're gonna have to find a way to win. And but I think Mr. Rooney, he's gonna find somebody that still fits their culture, that still fits. Like hey, you know, we might make a trade here or there, but we build through the draft. You know, and you know, with the quarterback situation, it's kind of tough because. You know, they can always get somebody like a Jimmy G who's a good quarterback, but you just never know. Or you can get a, a rookie but and truly never know. You know, like at least you know what Jimmy's going to bring you. Jimmy's a winner. Um, and with the, with the GM thing, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they stay in-house with it. But there are a lot of good candidates out there. But to me, when it comes to the GM role, there is – there is a lot of things that people have done or in other systems that is completely different than how the Steelers handle their business. Like, for instance, the Rams, the, the, the where their GM is running the Rams. You ain't flipping them draft picks. He's not doing that. He's not doing that, right. You know, yeah. And they, they made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But if, they, but if they don't win or they don't win in the next few years, now it's like, all right, where, where do we start? Mm-hmm. You know, but if they start winning Super Bowls, you know, everything's perfect. I don't think the Steelers like pl- kind of playing with the fire like that. Yeah. They kind of like, hey, we're going to scout good guys. We're going to draft good guys and build them up, and then we're going to win Super Bowls. So I think the biggest question is with, this, with the quarterback, um, I, I feel if they don't trust the guy that falls to them, I don't think they're going to reach. Mm. And I think that they might hold it out until they can really find somebody that they trust. You know, Mike said you're going to put your analyst hat on. I thought he was going to ask you about the game. Yeah. I will. Uh, you know, you know this team, uh, Cincinnati, seeing them, uh, AFC North team versus the Rams. Uh, who wins? I think the Rams win. I think the Rams win. I don't, like, the closer and closer I get to the day of the game is, like, like the, the, the less I think the Rams are going to win, but I still think they're going to win. Um, I think the way for the Cincinnati Bengals to beat the Rams where they have to give Joe Mixon the ball, but kind of in a passing game and kind of in a um, just like quick passes, you know, screens, one on one versus the, the linebackers. Because the the linebackers at the Rams aren't the greatest linebackers, so I think that he can do a good job when it comes to his one on one matchup versus them. But everybody, you know, everybody understands like the Jamar Chase matchup and the Cooper Cup matchup. I don't I honestly think if. For Cincinnati to win, Joe Mixon's probably going to have to catch the ball about seven times mm-hmm. for them to have a chance. Interesting. Last question I got for you, man, is um, it's not only good to see you here, but it's good to see you at peace. Yeah. Um, you know, guys walking away from a game that you play your whole life, and then you walk away oftentimes with your whole life ahead of you. Mm. That could be a tough transition. And especially if you walk away before you're ready or before yeah. you expect to right. because of injury. So what's really been the key for you coming, not just repairing yourself physically, but coming to a place of peace that that chapter is closed. I'm on to the next chapter. In my so life. that was actually pretty hard for me, like personally yeah. at first. And the reason I would say that is I, I continue to move forward and continue to focus on where I wanted to be. But in day, like, like my dad always told me, you – you get always uh, you 
is, is he said you can always uh i'm trying to figure out the right word and how my dad said he said you uh, you can always try to for, uh forget but you always remember or something like that like you always remember what happened to you mm-hmm. but you try to put like move past it yeah. basically yeah. and it, it was always pretty hard for me but i think actually living in pittsburgh and finding people that's actually not in the game of football to become close to mm. and actually finding friends outside the game and just you know kind of just telling them like, hey like where where i wanted to be in life and some of the visions i had in life and those those people are like helping me achieve those things um that kind of really helped me find a peace and just find uh a way to continue to move forward and just see what my life can be if the game of football wasn't there, you know. And uh, I always thought, you know, I could play about 10, 15 years, and then uh, I would decide in the middle of playing, like, all right, in 15 years, I know, like, I already know what I have next. I, yeah. I already had it in my head. Like, I was working towards that. Yeah. But I, I wasn't I wasn't ready at year five, you know. Yeah. I was, I was going to be ready at year 15. Yeah. So working through that, and having the people around me and my family, they, they've really been helping me uh, find that peace. And it's, it's been – and it, it, I've been feeling a lot better lately. It's great. It's an incredible story. Again, it the is. book is Walking Miracle, How Faith, Positive Thinking, and Passion for Football Brought Me Back from Paralysis and Helped Me Find My Purpose. It's Ryan Shazier, man. God bless you, brother. We appreciate you coming you. through. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good what to see you. What a book cover. Yeah, man. Thank and you. Uh, OH. I yo. Here it is. All right. <laughs> Get that in there. <laughs> All right, go Bucks. Buckeye. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Yo, it's getting busy at the L.A. Convention Center. Um, and This is why it's the place to be because it's a who's who in this building. You never know who you're going to run into. You never know when you get to pull onto your show and honestly this is this is what we wanted this week to be which was we've been blessed today man we really have we really been. have we really have been. people people we've spoken with uh are just uh, some incredible stories mm-hmm. and just really have um just opened up some different perspectives for us just looking at things from their perspective and how they see i'm not not just the game of football but just yeah. how they look at their lives well and i think special uh, tone setter which he probably will be whatever team he goes to i think Kayvon thibodeau just got us off to a roaring start. Uh, and then Gerard Mayo after that. Yeah. Um, and then Ryan Shazier, Ryan whose Shazier. career was off to an incredible start. I, I forgot he had made two Pro Bowls in those four years that he played. Who knows what his career could have been. Which brings me to um, tomorrow night is the NFL Honors. And during the NFL Honors, uh, the class of 2022 for the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, uh, is announced. And, and Michael, I've said, you know, I've never – coveted uh, a vote um, whether it's for MVP or Hall of Fame elector it's an honor I'd be honored yeah, if I ever got especially it especially in the Hall of Fame yeah, what but, an honor but, but, that but, is but yeah. it's to, this year more than you know listen I'm sure it's the case every year but it just feels like this year it's like good luck um, with the candidates so I'm, I'm gonna go through the, the modern era finalists alright Jared Allen yep uh, defensive end for 
You know, the first Chiefs, all, the Vikings. Do we? Have, I, some people may not know. I would, no, I was going to say, <laughs> I would have lost that because I would have said, oh, isn't he already in the Hall of Fame? But anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. I would have lost that. Jared Allen, uh, Willie Anderson of the Bengals and yep. Ravens, Rondé Barber, uh, Tony Baselli, wow. Leroy Butler, Devin Hester, who I'm pretty sure will be the first primary returner primary returner to be elected to the Hall of Fame? If he were to get if in. If he were to get in. Yeah. And, I mean, he, he should. Well, I don't know about that. But anyway, we'll really? talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk All about right, it. We'll going. have our keep own little Hall of Fame room here. Okay, keep going. Keep going. Uh, Tory Holt. Big game Holt. Andre Johnson. Mm-hmm. Sam Mills. Rest in peace. Yeah. Shout out to the Dome Patrol. We talked about this guy earlier. 5'9", Sam Mills, right? 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, Richard, Richard Seymour. Yep. Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis. It's really, I mean, and know. Bryant Young. I mean, like, it's so, it's so tough. Tell me to, who can't, who, tell me who doesn't belong to parse. Oh my God! And that's, yeah. and then not to forget, senior finalists Cliff Branch. Yep, I'd have lost that one. I no, thought he was already he in. Now he should be in. Uh, contributor finalist, finalist Art McNally, uh, former supervisor of officials and director of officiating. Yeah. Dick Vermeil is a coach finalist. I mean, but of the players of the of the modern era finalists, I mean, good so, luck. So what? Good would luck your, saying who, who, who okay, should go out let's of the class. Let's talk this. Let's talk game plan. What would be your game plan if you if you're a Hall of Fame voter? What's your game plan to pare this list down? What what standards are you using? Are you going by I honestly, go by the numbers? So I've never done it, so I've never given that any yeah. thought. But so you put me on the spot with what my process would be. I think I would start with what you just said, which is he's not a Hall of Famer, or or he shouldn't get in. So I try, I try by do process of, of elimination. That would be my. That would yeah, be my but attempt. see, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's the way you do it. I don't know how. And, I don't know the right way to do it. Yeah, I, I do not know the right way to do it. I, I mean, maybe maybe it's better if we if we had a voter. I don't. I don't know. Or if maybe it's better that. if we had a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, to ask himself. Yeah. We, maybe maybe if we maybe if we could just have a Hall of Famer, um, ask us himself or tell us himself what he would do. Yeah. Because he and knows we, what we a, Hall a Hall of Famer looks just like. Pull, just pull a chair along with yeah. you. Pull a chair and the mic. We're going to put you to work if you don't we're gonna mind. We're going to put you to work because we're yeah. just talking about you. We're, gonna, we're, we're just talking about you. We're talking, we're about, talking about you and people like you. Yeah. Just right now. <laughs> What's going on, Playmaker? How you doing, sir? <laughs> Good to see you, man. How's everything? All right. Hall of Famer Michael Irvin is here. We, we got a hall, we're just talking about this the Hall of Famer. This concerns you. We're talking about this Hall of Famer. from another. What y'all got? That's right. We're just messing around, man. We're just messing around. Y'all got on here. So, this is what we're doing. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about the 2022 Hall of Fame finalists. So I don't know if you know all the names, but I'm reading them to you again. Yes. We're like, Think about yes. who doesn't Michael. go? Who Listen doesn't go? And that's what I've been saying the whole while. Like, who do you pick out of this? Jared Allen, yeah. Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, Tony Baselli, Leroy Butler, Devin Hester, who Michael and I seem to have a disagreement on. I'm like, how do you not put him in the Hall of Fame? Tory Holt, right. Andre Johnson, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, wow. Demarcus Ware, Goodness. Reggie Wayne, shout Stop. out to the U, Stop. and Patrick Willis. Stop. Stop. Brian, so, Young. Brian Young. Brian Young. I remember that joker. Man, that was a beast, man. But it, it, when, I, when you see this, you say, okay, who doesn't go in here? And I mean, 
All these dudes were bad dudes. Right. I mean, all of them set the mark. We all remember what we watched them do. You know, we, we've seen them leave their mark. Andre Johnson. I mean, Andre Johnson was was Julio Jones before Julio Jones. You know, we see these big receivers now. He was coming along before. Reggie Wayne. Come Reggie, on, man. Talk no, about Reg, it. Do you understand? Reggie Wayne did that with another Hall of Famer on the other side. He came in and took what was left from Peyton and Marvin Harrison. Playmaker, 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 we family. I'm I'm, going to say something. And you'll tell me if if this is crazy. I said this a while back. If this is ridiculous, I'll own it. I don't think Marvin Harrison, excuse me, I don't think Reggie Wayne took a backseat to Marvin Harrison at all. No, I'm not saying he took no, a backseat. No, right, 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 Reggie Wayne was every bit as good in right. my Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, you would know. Absolutely. Right? Okay. Yeah. Oh, man, Reggie, Reggie Wayne was a bad boy. Yeah. And he paid homage to Marvin. Yeah. He gave he gave Marvin his due because Marvin taught him a lot. Uh, but, we, but we enjoy what we watch with Reggie and watch Marvin. Reggie go through that regimen and workouts and all that stuff, man. And that taught him something. Reggie Wayne left the U where he watched guys like me put down their work and guys like at the U work, and then he got a chance to go right into the NFL and say, oh, yeah, this okay, that's the same thing, you yeah, know. Yeah. So he he was they, – they taught him how to put in that work, but he didn't take the back seat. No doubt. Nobody. So, I, I'm no. with you on that. So what would you do? We were just talking about, like, if you in had a process, to, yeah. uh, game plan. You got to come up with a game plan. You got to get this list. You are 15, a Hall of Fame voter, my You got to get these 15 guys down right. to a workable number. Where do you start? Do you look at numbers, Pro Bowl? No, what you do, what the first thing you do is say, okay, any one of these guys at one point, was he the very best at what he did? And did he end up being the very best? That's why when I hear you guys talk about Devin Hester, that's not even a conversation. I don't think so either. We could all agree that Devin Hester is probably the greatest returner we've ever had. Yeah. And, his, and the numbers by any And if you're not going to put him in the Hall of Fame, stop saying that special teams are one-third of the game. Well, right, it's not, right, but it's right, not right. anymore. And, and, it right, used to be. Right. It used to be one-third of the game, but it's not anymore. The way they change the rules is not one-third of the game. And you well, know what? it was when he and played. It, and this hurts me to say this because, you know what? I remember asking Belichick one time. He was like, no, it's not one-third anymore. I was like, yo, man, you messing with my whole paradigm. You messing with my whole paradigm. It doesn't bother you that a special team But hold on. Let's back up. 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 You can say special teams are not one-third of it. Scoring points is <laughs> yeah, the right. most part right. of the whole shit and caboodle. Right. The whole thing. Yeah. And, 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 and there is no more play that sway a game than the return scoring points. Mm-hmm. Scoring points. If you, flip, you flip fields with just great returns. Yeah. Yeah. You flip games with returns for touchdowns. And See, Devin Hester yeah. flipped games. How many times he got more touchdowns than anybody How many times in the history of the game. Him and so so that, that's what position. I'm saying. So yeah. so if you were the very best at anything, so you got him. In. You start right there. Okay. You start with the very best. Jerry Rice. That's why I had an issue with the NFL. At the time, Art Monk retired. Art Monk was the best when he retired. Numbers wise, he put up some great numbers and he had championships. And we waited all of this time to get him in. That's, that, what that, first, that's where the injustice. Refresh my memory, playmaker. Were you a, were you a uh, first ballot? No, no, I went in third year. But that's okay. I, I understand why because they'll tell you that oh, all the stuff off the field doesn't matter. Now, 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 I love them, but 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 my numbers are are comparable, if not better, in some areas 
than Calvin Johnson, who was a first ballot. And I had three bingalingadings to go with mine. What you call them? You know, I'm sorry, what you call them? Okay. Rings. That's what <laughs> oh, we call them. Oh, yeah, I got you. Bingalingadings, yeah, rings. Yeah, That's right, what right, I had. Right, I had to right. them things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it, first ballot. Because, Speaking of which. Right, right. right. Well, well, I tell people, when you win one, you wear it all the time. But when you mean as many rings as I have, you ain't got to wear them. Everybody knows you have them. You can just leave them at home. <laughs> you got to remind them. You got to remind them. You were walking I won one one time. You are, you are, I won one one time. You are but I've been winning them on. How about, how about the, how'd you approach the gold jacket? Would you ever wear it? Because I saw, I saw Andre Reid wearing his gold jacket, like, out. Yeah, like, yeah, at yeah, the club yeah, or something. Now, Hall of Fame weekend, you may see me walking around out in that yeah. jacket because that's my we can. I want to make sure some of them young dudes that don't know, hey, we here for my flowers. <laughs> the jacket I got on. But, you see what I'm saying? But not out in jail. Not, not just but out. This it ain't one, the Hall of Fame weekend. I can't be putting But this would trips me out about that. Okay, so you were, thir- you were third year. It's like you didn't do anything differently. Like, I, what I want to say, if somebody, and I know there's a process and there's a line. Right, right, right. got to wait your turn. I'm not in the room. And, but if you were a Hall of Famer by year three, that means you were a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, right, right. You were the worst player <laughs> right, or right. a better player. Right. You know, right. It just and, and that's a little flaw in the process. Like, you, you don't – so you sit out longer and all of a sudden you become more eligible yeah. or you put guys in. And, and what happened what, – what happened is there are guys that didn't get in when they were supposed to. So, so the committee blew that. So what they do now – it's perpetuate that wrong with more wrong by not letting it put in guys that they're supposed to put in mm-hmm. so they can put in the guys that they didn't put in before. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that happens. And it all just starts, I think, a bad process. Man, I'm trying to think of, like, who's the best of the best. I'm, I'm, who else on that list would be the best of the best? It's I, hard to say that. I, it's hard to argue against any of them. Right. right. Tony right. 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 It's hard to argue. Yeah, it's tough. Now, but as we look at as we're here, there's some future Hall of Famers in this game, Aaron Donald, uh, probably being the best okay, one. Yeah. Do you look at at this game as is it is it going to be lopsided? Do you look at it as competitive? Just how, how are you I, seeing I, it right I don't now? see a lopsided game, and, no? and I'm going to tell you something. Why I don't? Because I, we hadn't seen any of that. We have we have we we've, we've gotten a chance to to ingest and even digest. I think the greatest playoff run across the board in sports. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you say, whatever sport. Every game has yeah. come down to the last play. Yeah. I was saying to people that day, I, I said Folgers, but everybody hit me on this. Maxwell House, <laughs> that old commercial, good to, to the, the last, last yeah. drop. Yeah. That's what yeah. these games have been, uh, yeah. good to the last drop. Yeah. So you, How about you, folks you knowing their commercials, that, boy? <laughs> yeah, I, I know, know. their commercials. <laughs> I know that Folgers. And, 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 <laughs> as soon as you say it, as soon as you say it, like, oh, Toby Michael, you dummy, you dummy. Listen, man. You get the point. You know why I got hit in the head. You watch me get hit in the head. I was somewhere in there. They weren't protecting me like that. Right. 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 Take real right. right. hey, So I slipped on Folgers <laughs> instead of Maxwell. I got the good to the last drop here. Right, right. That was the main point. That was a good line. That, that was, was the ball. main point. Yeah, that, that was the was main point. Right. Absolutely. So, it's all good. So speaking of jokes, speaking of people giving you grief, uh, you may have seen this joke going around lately. Um, and it was not for me. Yeah. People are oh, saying boy. it. Oh, here we go. Um, here we go. Since back-to-back years, <laughs> there have been a home team in their stadium for the Super Bowl. Right. One way to prevent that from happening is to have the Super Bowl at AT&T Stadium every Wow. Uh, yeah, I heard wow. That. Again, that didn't come from me. I heard that mess, man. <laughs> wow. I heard that. So, and, and, and when somebody it, delivered kind of it to me, yeah. they didn't really get the gist of the joke. Yeah. They said, hey, they, they, I heard they were trying to play this Urban Super Bowl at AT&T Stadium so no home team could play in the Super Bowl. 
I said, well, that would be impossible because in the Cowboys, we, so, 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 so then I said, I think that's why they're saying it. Yeah. I had to explain it as person, you know, yeah. and then I had to get the joke myself like, oh, okay, these dirty dogs, you know what I'm saying? Does it, as, as, a, as a cowboy, does it, despite the way it ended, yeah. they kept the staff together. Do you feel closer than you've been in recent years, or is, is it still you look at, no, nah, should, we should be here right now, or does it feel like you're in the right direction? Like, well, I, I, I hope, the, I hope the players feel like they should be here. Yeah, I need you to eat that pain so it can produce a great promise. Mm. A lot of times, most of us, if we really look back into it, we'll see that we had some kind of great pain that really helped us produce our greatest promise. Mm. Something we say, I'll never get here again. I'll make sure I do. You know, so I I need them to feel and eat that pain. But it absolutely is a good thing that you got all both coordinators back. Only if it's the Dallas Cowboys, which blows my mind. I can't, I can't, I can't remember. I had to answer questions. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? They got the coordinators back. Are you joking? <laughs> Continuity is so important. Now, if they had lost both, both coordinators, would have been killing the Cowboys. Right. What are they going to do? They lost right. both coordinators. They get them both back. Like, is this a good thing? The, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. I can't, come on. Okay, okay. We, I'm not expecting a different result. Right now, the Cowboys' offense ended. Number two total offense, number one in scoring offense. Mm-hmm. Just give me that result. Mm-hmm. They ended number one in turnovers yeah. on defense. Just, just give me that result. Right. So I, I'm not expecting a different result. Just give me that result and then tighten up a few things and a different result will come. I'm just amazed that they made this a bad thing when they know those two coordinators were highly sought after and the Cowboys found a way to keep them, yeah. and we made that a bad thing. You like it's what though? I call the S.A. syndrome that sweeps this country, a Stephen A. syndrome <laughs> that always looks for the bad in the Cowboys, and it is just sweeping the country. Do you like the head coach? Mike McCarthy? Is he a championship? Is he for, for you guys? Well, he what, a championship coach? Well, he's Dallas a championship Cowboys. coach because he won a championship. He has one now. I know. But he this, has one. For this group. He has one. I know. But this is what I keep telling him. We keep saying, we'll get, we'll get somebody different. We'll get somebody different. I'm okay with getting somebody different. Just make sure he's better. Okay. We disagreed about whether Sean Payton, I know that hasn't <laughs> happened, but I thought I think Sean Payton's an obvious upgrade Wow. with all due respect to Mike McCarthy. You, you disagree, it looks like. No? Okay. Why not? Thank you. Thank you. No, 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 no. You guys would disagree. I said, no, I don't disagree. Oh, okay. 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 We we should have had Sean Payton 16 years ago. Yeah. We should have had Sean Payton. Do you understand what Sean Payton has done? Do y'all understand what Sean Payton do? We we want to mention because you look at the record. You say, okay, Mike, there's similar records. Similar records. Similar records. Both champions. But let's not just measure the highs. Since the NFL doesn't live on the highs, let's measure the lows. Okay. Because the NFL brings you about that. When Sean Payton has lost some of his top players, he still keeps his teams in games mm-hmm. with opportunities to win. They're one game away from making the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They ain't got Drew Brees nowhere around. Yeah, they lost Dak yeah. Prescott last year. They they were they were they were they were the, the, they were worse ranked than college teams. Yeah, that, that's how bad they were. So sometimes just measure it off that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and 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 you see guys like Kyle Shanahan, even when they don't have their top players, they still find a way. Competitive. They yeah. make the game competitive. They yeah. had a shot at winning the game. San Fran almost got to the Super Bowl this year with that kind of stuff. That's great coaching, man. Mm-hmm. That's great coaching. You can't just look at what's going on on top. Look at how they handle, boy, when you hit the bottom. Not just the ceiling. How do they operate on that floor? 
Who wins the game? I can't tell you that. I don't even know that yet. You don't know I, I, Not until Saturday. Wednesday. Yeah. Not until Saturday. Let me tell you why it's so important Saturday. Because Saturday you call as many guys you know on each team. And I call this my F factor. Which F are you? Did you come in here and did you focus? Mm-hmm. Was, that that, was that your F? Or did you come in here and you just had fun? If that's your <laughs> F. And I'm going to count up those Fs. The focus Fs and the fun Fs. And I'm going to see which team <laughs> has more Fs. Are they, they going to be honest with you? Yeah, yeah, it, it depends on how you ask. Yeah. So I come and talk, what's up, boy? I remember my Super Bowl, boy. Hey, boy, they were real. Boy, had a good time. Boy, what, what about yours? <laughs> so so it, it's not a probing question. Yeah. I'm coming in self-indicting. Yeah. So if it is what you're doing, it's okay you can share the you doing it. Yeah. But I'm telling you, I did it. Yeah. See, when I come in seven and, that's and the they usually give it up. That's that is the benefit, like you said, of like, I ain't got to wear my rings. Y'all that's know right. I got three. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, you speak a different <laughs> language real. with them. Now, you know they, they've done their study, they, they study history if they say, which one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which one? Which Super Bowl? Which one? Was it the first one? Which one? And it depends on if I'm talking to someone that has been there one, two, or three times. And usually yeah. I, I may get somebody that's been there one time, but not more than two. Not more than two. So so I get to, I get to rap with them on that. And I can talk to them on wherever you are. So, boy, I remember I was at my second one. Boy, I was, I was, a, little, I, I was a little more calm, but I still had some fun now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what has it been like for you? You know what I mean? I, I can bring that question to them. But they'll share with me. We know you got places to go and, uh, and people to see. But before we let you go, let's pay some bills. Uh, we know you work. You know, you always working. Always. You're a playmaker yes. and you have yes. fun, but yes. you're working. Yes. What, you, what you working with this week at the Super Bowl? Well, I'm working with Trey Zing. And let me tell you why, man. I, I, we, we all hear the stories, guys. I, I go every year. I see the greatest guys that ever played this game in the Hall of Fame. I call them the Bible of the NFL. And, and, and some of these stories are sad. You see the ending, the ending for these guys hurting financially, didn't do some of, the, some of the things, didn't have the opportunity to do some of the things they needed to do. Tracing is a platform that wants to help educate all of us in that form. Listen, I don't know. I don't know a lot about all this stuff coming out. These NFTs, this crypto.com. Oh, yeah. We're right here in crypto.com arena, all yeah. this crypto stuff. I'm like, man, I got to figure this stuff out. Because somewhere that's going to be a lot of money, yeah. and I want to make sure I get me a handful of it and make sure that all of my guys, we talk about being a fraternity and being a brotherhood. I want to make sure my fraternity and my brotherhood get as much of it, too. And we got to book, we got to jump in and get the knowledge so that we can be on the front end of it and not the back end of it and certainly not hurting later. And I want to make sure we have a nice, soft, and great landing mm. to the end of the story for all of our guys, as many right. as we can. It's good stuff, That's good man. stuff. Appreciate always you. Great to Michael see Irvin, you. Yeah, always Hall of Famer, Playmaker, Hall of Famer. three-time bling a ling a ling How you say it again? How you say it again? Bling a ling a ling a ling a ling Yeah, three-time. One of those. I ain't got to win. I'm on those. I still love that touchdown, though. I love the touchdown. The extended one. Yeah, that Samurai Day. That's got to be your favorite one, huh? Favorite Super Bowl touchdown? That was, it was, that one with that second one dropped the now, the, the, always the first one, because the first one, and that first one was just a bang eight. Boom, close the middle. And then we came back. It's, I got I got that record. You saw Cooper Cup broke my record this year. Uh, most 100 yards games in a season. You know, I had 12. He broke. He got 13. He had extra game yeah. to do it. Okay, but he got, okay. he got it. Good. Congratulations. But this record, ain't nobody going to break. I want to see. I got two offensive touchdowns, 18 seconds apart in the Super Bowl. That was that. 
bang eight, then we got the turnover, and then that's, that, that, that post corner, that extended touchdown. That record – that's like a basketball okay. move, too. That's yeah, a, they had a little basketball yeah, yeah, move in and, and only because I, I broke out on the out too early, and Troy wasn't ready to throw. I said, oh, snap. This is going to be pick six, the interception. Dog, I kicked my leg up to kick him in his head. <laughs> from that football. And, it, 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 and when I went to kick him in the leg, the ball went by me. I caught it, and he swung me around. I was able to dive in the end zone. But I was just trying to kick him in his head. Don't you intercept that pass. Don't you do that. But it worked out. Love it, man. Love it. Love it. All right, like it guys. Yesterday. Appreciate you. Thank you for the time. Always good. Holler right. with you guys, man. Much Great love, man. You, man. Much love, man. You got to keep going with what you're doing. Always. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Has Frank been clear enough with you about when and when you're not going to play? And has that been a no, problem? He hasn't. Um, but that's I don't, I don't need him to be clear about... Whatever he makes, whatever decision he makes, and that's so that's up to him. Uh, my job as a professional is to come to work, um, be in a positive mindset, uh, put my head down, do my work to the best of my ability, and be there to encourage my teammates. That's it. Do you have a sense for what benchmarks you have to hit to to be in the starting line or the closing lineup more consistently? Who me? I'll, um, <laughs> I don't got that answer for you, but I wish I did. I shouldn't have to hit any benchmark, to be honest. I put a lot of work and I got a lot of respect in this game. I, I, I don't have to hit a benchmark. I shouldn't have to. Um, I earned the right, you know, to be in closing lineups. I mean, I, you know, numbers will tell you. I don't have to explain that. But like I said, once again, that ain't my decision. That's his decision that he um, and the staff think is best for the game. And unfortunately, um, you know, just kind of just got to, go with it and figure it out the best way I can and be there for my teammates as much as I can and make sure I come into work and do my job as a freshman. Russell Westbrook thinks mm. he's earned the right to play down a stretch of games. Put a lot of uh, work in this league, man. That's for him to determine. I'll, I'll just say this. Uh, I don't believe that the Lakers, these Lakers, have earned the right to be discussed uh, with the time we have left in this show. Why not? Unless you, right talk, unless you just want to talk because we in L.A. They're right over there. Because they're the most storied right franchise. Right Sorry, Boston. Right there. No disrespect. But one of the two most storied franchises in the NBA, they're not, they're not worth discussing. We're right They're here. not good. And Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn ain't getting it done. This, this ship has sailed. I told you a long time ago, I was watching this season through the lens of LeBron James. Like, oh, he's really enjoying good in year 19. Just enjoying it. But I'm not expecting anything out of this team. Uh, they're not going to do anything meaningful at the deadline because ain't nobody coming to bail them out right? Okay. Uh, and so, take Russell Westbrook off their hands. So if you want to talk about Giannis, who basically told King James, what's a king to a god? Yeah. We'll talk about Giannis, or we can talk about other teams no, no, at the no, trade no. deadline, which is a day away. No, no, no. I'm happy to do that, but please don't waste our time on I the am, Lakers. I am. I want to go here. Okay. I want to say this. All right, go ahead. If I'm a Lakers fan, which I'm not, but if, if just, just follow along here. If I'm a Lakers fan, 
And I hear LeBron James say last night when asked the question, <laughs> "Yeah, are <laughs> we? Are, are you on the Bucks? No. Could have told you that before I the game. Told you that before the game. Yeah, but wait a minute. Right? Is it, will you get there? Uh, probably not. Keep it real. Keep it real, Cletus. So keep, keep it real, Claude. What, like, what these kids say? I mean, keep it real. Oh, keep it real, Claude. What are we doing here? We own deck. I like. I can say that because I know that. I believe that, and I can't do any. And I can't do anything about it except for watch. So I look at the Lakers. They are what they are. All I can do is watch. So whatever I, if I root for them to win or lose, I can't affect it. I can't affect the the result. But LeBron James can. There's only so much he but, can do. But maybe LeBron James doesn't think he can. There's only so much he can do. Um, there's only so much time we have left. All right, so you we know, have you, a day. You ain't even feeling it. Tomorrow is the trade deadline. I can't wait. I cannot figure out I love it. what's going on with James Harden. Earlier today, I'm, I'm reading and hearing that these teams have actually been talking, the Sixers and the Nets. See. But haggling over the pieces, other teams believe that a, a Simmons deal is going down because of the way Philly is moving. Harden is saying publicly wants to be there, but privately, get me out of here. Well, I, I, is he is he is he a net tomorrow? I'll ask you. Wow, is James a- Harden a net tomorrow? Come tomorrow is Bill, Ben Simmons a Sixer? Come tomorrow? Do they get swapped for each other, or is this a lot of I smoke hope and no so. fire? I hope so. I hope there's a change. So the so no. And yes, is Harden a net tomorrow? No. Is Ben Simmons a sixer tomorrow? No. Oh, yeah, but both. No to both. He's not. And I can't, I can't wait for it to happen because. I, that, I, that's why I'm praying it doesn't happen. If Harden gets traded tomorrow. I, you know, and you know, Mike. You're going to come in you, smoking a cigar. I got to say, Harden, I am, you should come in smoking a cigar if Harden gets traded. And I think I can find some around here. You, oh, yeah. Uh, or something. That something, would be bigger than the Or Bengals. something smoking. I might, that would be the definitive moment in this show. I might go a little stronger. I might go a little stronger. I might go a little stronger. You can come in butt ass naked. If, the, if Harden gets traded tomorrow, I got, I got nothing to say. In fact, help y'all. Do the show by yourself. Y'all don't want to see that. You should have the show to yourself. Is traded. Mike, this is, can I tell you like a, or a quick origin story? The reason, the reason, I'm just so confident, I'm so confident that my football stuff was going to be on point because I was so right about Brooklyn. <laughs> and then that was like in the spring. And then and that my, my first Cincinnati Bengals slander was like around the spring. I was like, yeah, I'm I, you were, you I got, feeling yourself. I'm like, yeah, 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 I got yeah, that. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. And, you know, that, that didn't work out. But the Brooklyn thing, I didn't know I'd be this right. See, I thought I thought what would happen is they lose in like game six or game seven what of the NBA Finals. What a disaster! <laughs> you got one this guy. Awful. You know, one guy is like, I'm only gonna play. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't right. You ain't right. You ain't right. Cause, I, cause you're not laughing at them. You're laughing at me. You're not even laughing at them at this point. This is about this is about me. It's so good. What a close. <laughs> what a way to end it. Yeah, one I mean, guy hurt. One lose. guy unvaccinated. They never <laughs> and another guy is like, get me out of here. And, and he's doing the same this thing. This guy's going this way, this guy's going that way. This yeah. guy's like, what do you want from me? The same thing he did in Houston. Like, oh, I went out of Houston. Please. Talk his way out of Houston. Sean Marks, if you're watching. Now he's gonna talk his way out of Brooklyn. Daryl Morey's calls. Let him walk away oh in the offseason. Don't trade him. Let's see what happens. This, this is year. how it ends. If he gets traded, we not, I'm not coming to the show tomorrow. This is the end of it? I'm not showing up tomorrow. If he gets traded. If he gets traded. Why? Come on. It, it, I had to show up and watch you wear those sunglasses and Sarah sunglasses. And smoke and, you know, you yeah, had your cigar. You did. You did. But it's going to be worse. And you're going to be worse. 
This is going to be worse. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Where's that? Why are we there? Yeah. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.